It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Welcome back to Locked On 76ers. I'm your host, Keith Pompey. Happy Tuesday to you. It's Tuesday, March the 10th. I was going to say happy like Wednesday to you. <laughs> like, you know, this is a time of year for me where I start forgetting the days of the week. Um, well, I, I start forgetting. I, forget, I, start, <laughs> I started <laughs> doing that a couple months ago. Um, but it comes a point in time when you travel so much, you forget where you are. Like, I woke up this morning, and I didn't know where I was. I'm like, Oh, okay. All right. Oh, oh, dang. Uh, uh, what do I have to do? I didn't have anything to do, but I woke up and I forgot where I was. And it sounds bizarre, I know, but it, it's part of the NBA life when you cover a team. And, and you knew that you had something to do. And then I realized that I didn't. And I said, let me go back to sleep, get a couple more hours. Um, I'm not really feeling well. Um, just got a little cold. It's that time of year where I get a little cold, this and that. Um, I'm, I check myself out. So I'm cool. I don't have anything crazy going on. But, um, you know, it's, it's one of those things, y'all. You know, you, you look at the standings right now. We're looking at it. And you see where the Sixers are. The Sixers are struggling. Um, I know they had the injuries. You know, they lost a, a, a bad game to Golden State on, uh, on Saturday night. They lost 118 to 114. You know, I felt like it was a game personally that the 76ers gave away. I do. You know, I felt like um, <laughs> there was some lack of adjustments. I felt the main thing is uh, the disappointing thing to me was when you look back at it and you see how they lost and you saw that Matisse Thibel wasn't in the game in the fourth quarter. And I know the team is hunting threes and they're doing this and they're doing that. But the fact that Matisse didn't play in the fourth quarter is, is kind of bad. It's a, it's a bad, it's, it's, it's not kind of, it's bad. You know, you look at Matisse and you see him as a guy who is the best perimeter defender. Um, you know, he's arguably one of, I mean, here's the deal. Ben Simmons will probably make first team all defense, right? First team all defense. So this difference that separates Ben Simmons to me, Matisse Thibel to me, is that Ben Simmons gets way more minutes. Matisse Thibel's minutes are shaky, you know. But when Matisse is out there, he's the one that's doing great things. Now, don't get me wrong. Ben is having a was having a phenomenal defensive year. Phenomenal. And I'm not going to take anything from Ben. But I think that they're on par. I think they're close. I really do. I think if Matisse Thibel played as many minutes on the defensive end as Ben Simmons, that he would be a first-team all-defensive candidate as well. So you don't have Ben Simmons, we're talking about in, in Saturday's game, nor do you have Josh Richardson, another junkyard dog, so to speak, on the defensive end. So in that instance, you say to yourself, Matisse definitely has to play. You say that. 
I mean, it, it, you know, you think to yourself, he has to play. And I get it. The Sixers are, you know, shooting threes. They want to make three-point shooting a major thing. It has been. They're doing a great job of it lately. But, you know, when you can't stop a team getting stops, you know, I don't care how many points you're scoring. If you can't make any defensive stops, whew, we're in trouble. So you got to get someone in there who can make stops. And they didn't do that. And that, in my opinion, led to the loss. It does. Because think about it. In the fourth quarter, Golden State shot 66.7%, right? 66.7. There was a stretch where they made seven out of nine shots. And then when it came down to like with 51 seconds left, you know, that point from that to the end of the game, they made five or six foul shots, right? So that means the Sixers was fouling them at that point. But before that, they made seven or nine shots, and the best perimeter defender was not in the game. And I feel like that was just a mistake on the Sixers' part. It's also one of those things that you have to believe that, looking back at it, Brett Brown is saying to himself, like, you know what? We got to correct this. This is something that we have to correct. Um, this is something that we're going to do better. You know, it's something that we're just going to do better at. Because right now, you know, it's hard to believe that the 76ers were favored to go to the NBA Finals. I mean, it is. I mean, honestly, if you look at it, it's hard to believe that this team right here was favored to go to the NBA Finals. I mean, this morning I woke up. Turned on ESPN, saw Stephen A. on first take, talking about his top five teams. You know, you're looking at it. You know, I don't even know why I looked at it because I knew the Sixers weren't going to be on it, and they're not. I mean, you, the Denver Nuggets are his 15, right? You know, the Denver Nuggets are his 15. Um, so you you look at it, and then, of course, you got the Lakers, number one. You got Milwaukee, number two. Get the Clippers number three. Um, Toronto was number four. And you're saying to yourself, wow, the Sixers are at least supposed to be better than Toronto and the Denver Nuggets. But right now, you look at the Sixers, and they're the sixth best team in the East. The sixth best team in the East. You know, right now you have the Milwaukee Bucks at 53 and 12, number one. Toronto Raptors, number two, 46 and 18. Boston Celtics, number three, 42 and 21. You have the Miami Heat, number four, 41 and 36. You have the Indiana Pacers at 39, uh, number five, at 39 and 25. And you have the Sixers one game back at 38 and 26. You know, this isn't how it was supposed to be right now. It really wasn't. You know, think back. Everybody was hyping the Sixers up. Everyone was saying how great this team was going to be. And right now, they're six in the East, way underachieving. We'll be right back after this commercial break. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA. 
Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. So when you talk about how this team is underachieving, you know, you ask yourself why. And, you know, they look great on at home. They look bad on the road. You know, they lost, what was it, 10 out of their last 11 games on the road. You know, right now, I mean, all this is broken record type of stuff. I mean, but right now, they're 10 and 24 on the road. I mean, you look at it, the Charlotte Hornets, the Charlotte Hornets, the Orlando Magic, the Brooklyn Nets, and uh, Brooklyn Nets, they all have better records than the Sixers at home. The Memphis Grizzlies, I mean, on the way, uh, on the road. The Memphis Grizzlies have a better record than the Sixers um, on the road. The New Orleans Pelicans have a better record than the Sixers on the road. Sacramento Kings, Portland Trailblazers. I mean, um, San Antonio Spurs, Phoenix Suns. The Minnesota Timberwolves have a better record than the Sixers on the road. So when you factor that in, you're saying to yourself, that's the problem, right? You know, that's the problem. Um, you know, the thing that I just don't get, and that we talked about this first one, is like it was always predicated on defense. And now they're trying to be sharpshooters. And I get it. It's been a lot of bad decisions. You know, we look back. Hindsight is twenty twenty. It's easy to be an armchair quarterback after the fact. But when I see Al Horford out there, and I and I did a podcast that is not his fault. I feel like he's not being utilized the right way. But the more you think about it, it's also well, how are you going to utilize him the right way when you have him playing with Joel Embiid? That's part of the problem. So when you look at it, you're saying to yourself, like, you know, because let's face it, y'all, this is Joel Embiid's team. This is his team. You don't say, okay, Joe, we love you. But now all of a sudden you got to play secondary role. Al's going to be down where you are and you got to go in the high post or you got to do some things. Now, again, he's a capable shooter from the outside, but he's 7'2", more than 280 pounds. He has to be the guy down there. But then at the same time, you're putting the Al out of position. So you can't really blame the coach. You just can't. I mean, you just can't. I mean, you just can't. It's just that... It was a bad signing, you know, because he's not. I mean, while he is a stretch, quote unquote, five, he's not a stretch, quote unquote, four. He's just not. And he has a hard time defending. I'm defending that position. I remember when they played a preseason game against the Washington Wizards and um, the, uh, the young kid from Japan, Rui. Hachimura, he was, Al was guarding him. And I was like blown away on how easy it was for Rui to to get where he wanted to. You know, and it was just one of those things. It wasn't, it was just a matter of this guy being young and athletic, being a, a hard person to guard, and you have an older player guarding him. Now, when Al was in the, in the center spot, you know, he can keep up. But again, you know, nowadays, you know, these power forwards are either they're converted wing players, like a guy like uh, a Robert Covington who could play the four to five, or they're, or they're guys who, let's face it, 
they're tall, athletic fours who can play the five. Like a la, I mean, who could play the, uh, the three, a la a Tobias Harris type. You know, this is the way the game is going right now. You know, this is how it's going. So when you look at it and you say, you know, Al Horford, why can't he guard him? Well, he's guarding the equivalent of tall wings. That's what it is nowadays. The ball that, like, the game has gotten more athletic. You know, it's positionless basketball, so to speak. So when you see him struggle against those guys, you look at it like, okay, this is a guy who was athletic for a center and who was a mismatch problem, but now we got him chasing wings. Dude, basically, that's what it is. So, you know, uh, I just think that the signing was bad, and, and, you know, we'll see what the Sixers can do moving forward. But, you know, right now, the Sixers have – uh, I'm not going to say an easy schedule coming up. What I will say is that the Sixers have a manageable schedule coming up. Um, they have, you know, they'll have some tough home games. I- I'm not calling tomorrow's game a tough home game, though. I'm not doing that. They have Detroit. I expect them to beat Detroit. I expect Joel Embiid to come back and play. And I expect everyone to be excited and everyone to go crazy and, and rave over what the Sixers are doing, you know, when they play this team. Um, so they play Detroit. Um, and then after they play Detroit, they have a game this weekend against Indiana. And this is an important game because right now Indiana has um, a 2-1 series advantage over the Sixers, Right. So with that being said, if this if they win, if they win this game against the Sixers, they'll hold the tiebreaker against the Sixers. And I don't think this is something that the Sixers would like would benefit from. I mean, these two teams are battling for the fifth or sixth spot. You know, the Sixers already lost the tiebreaker to the Miami Heat. They do have it against Boston, but Boston is up there number three. You know, the Sixers want to get this over um, Indiana. Now, what happens is if, if well, if, they, if they're if they tied, right, and they both finish with the, the same record, then it will go down to common opponents. What did they do against common opponents? Now, if Indiana has the, the three-to-one series advantage over the Sixers, when it's over with, it's going to be like, okay, they have a tied record, but Indiana beat them three-to-one. So Indiana's going to be the fifth seed. Sixers have to be six. You know, I don't think the Sixers want to do that. And I don't think the fans want the Sixers to do that. They don't have to deal with that because, you know, again, you know, I, I think that it's going to be so tight for the Sixers that a certain spot getting the edge over this team will be beneficial. We'll be right back after this commercial break. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. So, you know, after they play Indiana... Then the Sixers play Washington at home. Again, another game you expect them to win. You expect them to beat the Wizards. Although the Wizards have been playing a little bit better. 
but you expect them to do that. They have the Toronto Raptors coming on next Wednesday, the 18th. I don't expect the Sixers to win that game. Who knows, but I just don't. I know they do well against them when they come home and and when they play the Raptors at home. Then next thing you know, they have the Charlotte Hornets. And then after that, three of the next four games are going to be on the road. They have the Charlotte Hornets on the road the next night on the 19th. I expect the Sixers to win that one. They come home on that Sunday and they play the Atlanta Hawks. Or that Saturday, I'm sorry. I expect the Sixers to get that one. From there, they go on to Minnesota on the 24th, which is a Tuesday. This should be a good one for the Sixers. They should be able to beat them. Beat them. And then they have Chicago. So, you know, these are games, like if you think about it, I'm looking at hmm, of their next one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. One, two, three, six, eight. I expect them to go six and two. I do. You know, now again, the tough part is when you look at Minnesota, Chicago, Charlotte, these road games, you say, oh man, on paper they should win. But let me remind you, they've lost to the Phoenix Suns on the road. They lost to the Atlanta Hawks on the road. They've lost to the Cleveland Cavaliers on the road. They've lost to uh, the Golden State Warriors on the road. So they lost to all the bottom teams in the league, basically. They have to play uh, Minnesota. <laughs> but they lost to most of the bottom teams on the road. So it's not going to be a slam dunk. But you hope that the Sixers, for the Sixers case, that they can put it together and, and do something. But it's not going to be easy. And um, just like, you know, I, I still think something tells me that just because of how they play at home, that they'll be in position to move on up to get that number four spot. Now, again, they're going to need some help. They're going to need some of these teams ahead of them to lose. But if something tells me that they can get that spot. And I also believe that, you know, beating these bad teams aren't really going to help them in the playoffs. But at the same time, I think, that they need to get in a little bit of a rhythm. They need to get some confidence up. They do. They need to get in a the rhythm. They need to get confidence up. Because let's face it, you know, this has been a disappointing season. And uh, the disappointment is going to be disappointing if they go out in the first round. It's going to be extremely disappointing if here's a team that was favored to uh, contend for an NBA title, NBA title, and they don't even have first-round advantage. In the first round home court advantage. I mean, that's just going to be bad. It really is. It really is. So, you know, today, you know, I'm kind of excited. You know, you know, I, uh, I'm off today. I'm clearly not feeling too well. I'm trying to make sure that I can get my you know, feel better. I'm drinking a lot of fluids, doing everything, because today is my first, my daughter's first day of practice um, for lacrosse. And um, someone asked her, hey, would you sign her up? We'll do it. So we decided to do that. And uh, I'm going to go to her practice today and see what it's about. You know, just see all about, you know, the sport, um, see what type of opportunities is out there for her. 
I mean, she's still young. I mean, personally, I'm a track and field type of guy. So track and field would, would, would have been my preference and then basketball or something like that. But, you know, I'm not opposed to um, new things and different opportunities for her. And we're going to give it a try. And today is cool because I get to be a parent. You know, I'm going to be one of those quiet parents just seeing. And to be honest with you, I don't really know too much about the sport. I mean, I covered it a little bit um, when I was a high school writer here. And uh, there's some pretty good teams. Uh, but I'm just going to go there and see how she does and try not to be one of those parents. You know, some parents are like, rah, 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 rah. Well, do this, do that. Nah, I'm just going to try to keep a low profile, and I'm excited that I'm going to be able to go to practice today. And then I'm excited I'll be able to go to practice on Thursday. Now, right now it's raining here where I live at in South Jersey. So um, we'll see if the practice is going to be inside or outside. But, you know, I'm just uh, a little bit excited to be a proud parent and, and see my daughter do what she needs to do. But I want to thank y'all for listening, and I want y'all to have a great, great, great day. Peace. I'll be back tomorrow. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.